the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, the Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we are digging this show, this show about nothing. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we are talking season nine, episode 13, The Cartoon. It first aired January 29th, 1998. Corey, man, could we please get that synopsis? Of course, The Cartoon. Elaine draws a cartoon for The New Yorker. George dates a woman who resembles Jerry. Kramer takes a vow of silence. Jerry contends with Sally Weaver for over her one-woman show. Kathy Griffin guest stars, much to everybody's chagrin. Yes, she is one of the most hated characters on Seinfeld. I think, honestly, it's more so that it's just Kathy Griffin. I don't think they read... Maybe do they hate Sally Weaver, or do they just hate Kathy Griffin? I don't... All right. My big... I was, she was in... What was she in? Was she in um, News Radio? No, that was not her News Radio. No, that was not her. That was that <laughs> other redheaded lady. Yes. I'm trying to think, like, where else have I ever seen Kathy Griffin outside of, like, I guess, like, stand-up specials, and just knowing yeah. that she's a stand-up comedian... I've never liked her character here or in the previous yeah. episode as Sally Weaver. Now, granted, that's how she's written, obviously, yes, so she's supposed to be hated. But I honestly don't know much about Kathy Griffin outside of that and outside of just little clips and snippets of things that I think I've just seen over the course of my life. And sadly, I guess the only thing I can sort of put together from that puzzle is she seems very similar to Sally Weaver. Yeah. Uh, she was in Suddenly Susan for 93 episodes, so that was her Probably, show. Yeah, and uh, you and I talked about that. We both, I think that was something we both remember, and it's like a yeah. show that's just gone now, you know, it's never gone. to resurface. Which is, I think, the Brooke Shields show. Yeah, the um, Brooke, yeah. But, yeah, I, they do seem similar, because I've never really cared for her act. I mean, nowadays, I feel like she's as well known for tearing up that picture, or having that Trump thing or whatever the hell that was, was like, like a, a bloody mannequin Trump. Or, he rips off the head of the mannequin or something yeah like that. yeah it was it was really weird and it just wasn't funny like her acts just aren't funny and neither is she is her act on this yeah show yeah yeah so but we you, will man. talk about that so all right we start off kramer and jerry are on the street talking about unicef uh and random just random talk and then they see sally weaver who apparently is uh moved to new york and the last time she was on, she was a former uh, roommate of Susan's. And remember, she used to work at like I think at like a you know UPS hub or something. Remember for yeah. a delivery service, and that was the whole crutch of that episode. But this yes, one, it this was. doesn't change that. It just she just says she moved to you know mm-hmm. to to New York, you know, to pursue acting, you know. So it doesn't negate like her past episode or anything. Exactly, exactly. She wants to be an actress, and so she is now in New York, and she's on her way to an audition. And uh, Jerry was previously talking to Kramer about how she should just give up. And Kramer immediately says, ah, oh, you should just give it up. That's what Jerry tells me. And so now things are awkward. Uh, Jerry has <laughs> just kind of been, he said, he, uh, Kramer couldn't keep his mouth shut. And you know what? 
he should just learn to keep his mouth shut. You know, I am <laughs> appropriate. How appropriate is this right now? <laughs> Extremely appropriate for me, someone who is not good at keeping his mouth shut. Um, that's exactly what got Jerry into this situation. Kramer's big mouth. Yes, Kramer's Kramer's big mouth. And I do like how Kramer bounces and Jerry and Sally are just looking at each other. And Jerry's like, so Susan's dead, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's awkward. Exactly. It's a a nice, it's funny, comic awkward. And I got to say, you know, obviously all last season we had the debate about the cold open, non-cold open. I think they've hit a perfect stride where the open Mm -hmm. has something to do with the point, which is the second, sort of the second half of the scene. But it starts with more of a cold conversation. And I think that is the best use of it. Have a little bit of a fun, cold conversation leads into what the main crutch of the story is. I agree with that. I think that that works really well for me. Yeah. So I, f- I figured right. it would. Yeah. At, at Monks, uh, Jerry is upset. You know that Kramer again couldn't uh, couldn't shut his big mouth. Kramer's looking um, kind of uh, he's got a Frank Costanza vibe going on with his yellow sweater right now. Yeah, he's, he leaves on a huff as well. He's just it was very Frank Costanza esque. Uh, Elaine notices a cartoon in the New Yorker. Um, just you know doesn't make much sense to her uh, she shows george he doesn't get it either but i do love her line that she says is um come on we're two intelligent people we can figure this out <laughs> but there's three of them at the table yeah. she's pointing to her and jerry yeah. obviously excluding george yeah no there's there's actually some good dialogue going on right here at the table yes um but the cartoon is a dog and a cat in an office and the cat says i enjoyed reading your email and that's it. That's it doesn't it. it doesn't seem funny. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. No. no. So, all right. Uh, George is waiting for his new girlfriend, Janet, to come in. And uh, that girlfriend is played by Tracy Nelson. Yep. And I looked her up and didn't know anything she was from. I haven't seen uh, Father Dowling Mysteries or Square Pegs, but she had fairly prominent roles on those two shows. Square Pegs came up in a discussion on, I think, Podcasting After Dark or something. Uh, I think it was for the the Fog episode. I don't know why. But anyways, okay. for some reason, never heard of that show before in my life. And now in two weeks, uh, I've, I'm hearing about it twice, which means I'll probably hear it okay. again next week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, like, and here's the thing. I, I almost wonder, because we don't get, you know, commercials on IMDb, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, and I remember back in the day, especially the 90s, you would see you a lot Netflix, of commercial people would eventually start popping up into, you know, small roles on TV shows. And I wonder if, because she always looked familiar to me, I swear to God it was a commercial series or something that she was in that kind of, you know, is registering for me. But I, I can't fucking remember at this point. Like, like she was like the, the brawny towel girl or something like that before this. I don't <laughs> know. Possible. Is there a brawny towel I girl? I don't know. I, I pulled something out of my ass on that okay. one. Yes. <laughs> it was, okay. It was stop bad. shoving those brawny towels up there, buddy. Right. <laughs> so, all right. But they're about to go to a movie. And in such a George move, he's like, oh, we don't have time to go get candy before, you know, sneaking the candy into the theater. And so he goes up to the register and just, grabs a shit ton of their mints and it's like that'll do and heads out and i was like oh god such such a cheap george move but i enjoyed it it's, it's fitting for the character of course of course and then of course the lane's like so does george's girlfriend look like you yeah <laughs> so what are your thoughts do you think they look alike and that's all right Yes, when they do the haircut, it accentuates yeah. it there. They do have a similar shaped head, and the nose is kind of similar. 
I guess. But like, man, how do you cast for that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like someone's got to come in and look like Jerry Seinfeld. I would say, you know, here on a percentage, you know, zero being nothing, 100% look, look, just looking like Jerry with a wig. I'd give her like a 60%, you know? Sure. There's elements, but like she, it's not like she was, um, you know, a, a twin or anything. Yeah. And, it, and it's not like she's like that unattractive or anything. No, it's yeah. just yeah, she just yeah, maybe has some things like Jerry or something. I, I don't know. I just spoiler alert, this storyline didn't ever work for me from the beginning from the beginning because I think it asks yep. for us to really, you know, suspend the suspension of disbelief type of thing. At least with her looks, but we'll get to it. And maybe, you know, maybe by the end of this episode I'll feel differently. Maybe, um, but you're not going to feel it differently from my convincing you. Um, it's, <laughs> the Actually, it's the other side of this exact storyline that I think is not funny. Yeah. Um, which we will go into because they've done it before already multiple times, and I just don't need it anymore. Right. But we'll, right. we'll get into that. So. Yeah, no, I, I, know, I know what you mean. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, we are recording on 4th of July, and if you hear any high-pitched whistling, that's coming from outside of my, my windows. Apparently, people are celebrating at Woo. 3 in the afternoon when it's completely bright out. Yeah, it's, I've still got plenty of light uh, where I'm at on the other side of the country, and so I have a chance of having some fireworks in you know my recordings way more than you or earlier than you do. So you we'll would see. you would think. Um, <laughs> so I just want to also call out in this scene when Elaine is talking, the camera whenever the camera's on her. Next time you watch it, there is a whole scene going on behind Elaine in the booth behind her, and I've watched these people and I've commented on them before. The background actors at Monks, and I just I wonder who directs them. Is it the second? There's no second AD or anything on a, on a TV show, is there? Mm, or a second director? Probably. Unit? Okay. Do no, they, no, there's not like a second unit director. But um, but do who directs? Unless they're shooting a second. Who directs the the extras on a TV show like this? Out of curiosity. I, I, You know what? I haven't been on enough TV sets. You know, I can tell you more about the post-production side of it, but I couldn't tell you about their their actual production. Okay, so nine times out of ten, what they give them to do is, like, look down at the menu, kind of, like, maybe look around a little bit, or maybe talk to the waitress very briefly. This one particular scene has the guy pointing at the, at the fucking menu, all kinds of, hand, like, discussion going on, to the point where I was like, I want to know what's going on back there. Yeah, it's it distracting you. <laughs> it was distracting me a little bit. I, I felt like it was a little bit too big for the scene. So whoever was directing Fair. that should have toned that one down a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, at the apartment, Kramer gives Jerry some messages. Apparently, Sally Weaver is going to quit the business. He ruined her life. Uh, basically, yeah, she she can't go on. Yeah, and you know, and Jerry gets upset about this because you know he doesn't want her to to be ruined because of him. But I I wrote it all down. <laughs> she does stink, and she should quit. But I don't want it to be because of me. It should be the traditional route: years of rejection and failure until she's spit out of the bottom of the porn industry. <laughs> oh, I was like, that, that is, is so fucking good. gold. <laughs> it was gold, Jerry. Gold. So, all right, uh, George and Janet come up, and Jerry kind of quickly tells Kramer about Elaine's theory that she looks like him. But Kramer, though, mentions that, you know what? I always thought that you looked like Lena Horne. <laughs> who, who I looked up? And yeah. he doesn't at all. No, <laughs> like Lena Horne. No, probably less, the, less so than this actress. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, for sure. But Lena Horne is a like singer and dancer and actress from, like, the 
40s mostly, yeah. 30s even, and yeah. beyond. Uh, she was Glinda the Good Witch in The Wiz. The Wiz. That helps for anybody. Yeah, that was the only thing that kind of stood out to me. Yeah. Yep, I mean, I recognize so. her name, and it's one of those things, yeah, and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. her. And then I finally get to give a reason to go look her up on IMDb, and it's like, okay, I don't really know her. I just, I guess, knew her name, you know? Yeah. So, uh, George and Janet uh, get up there, and Kramer immediately spits out that you look just like Jerry. <laughs> and, of course, George gets freaked out. This is the first time he's heard it, um, which, you know, Kramer does say aloud, doesn't mean you're secretly in love with Jerry, which, of course, immediately goes into George's head. Of course. So, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they, of course, they get out of there right away. And Kramer just, he is, he's got a big mouth. We've already established that. But on top of that, he's also just socially inept. And Jerry kind of lays into him and sort of, you know, pushes him. And I'm wondering on yours, because you're watching it on Netflix, did you notice that that Kramer's foot kicks open Jerry's bottom freezer door when he gets pushed? <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I thought that was weird because when they do a, more of a close-up of Jerry, you can tell it's closed, so it's different, obviously different takes, but I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't even see it because of the widescreen uh, zoom-in. Yeah, that could have been it. Or, I mean, yeah, I wasn't just paying attention to his foot, but yeah. Um, but yeah. I was actually uh, probably more surprised that when the bottom freezer door opens that the light came on. I was like, oh, so it, it's actually a working – it probably – it's not cold, but it's actually like a working, you know, unit and everything. I, I knew that the yeah. right would be open, but I didn't think they mm-hmm. would, le- you know, do this the left, but okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I like just little insights into that kind of production shit, you know? Sure, sure. At Monk's, Jerry convinces Sally Weaver to stay in the business. You know what? She's going to keep keep at it. Uh, at the apartment, Elaine, she's still confused about the cartoon. George comes in, and Elaine calls Janet handsome. She's a handsome woman, and just immediately leaves knowing that she is fucking with the two of them. And I love that. I think, you know, this episode and actually the next couple episodes really have Elaine dialed into the Elaine that I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's she's <laughs> feisty, and she likes to jab. <laughs> exactly. She loves to fight. I mean, she is just as terrible as any of them. Yeah. Um, and this is particularly, you know, some of those great moments. So, But, yeah, so now we get the awkward gay stuff. Um, which, you know, they're having to like, well, you know, I don't think that and you don't think this and we're not about this. And I'm like, I've seen this before. I've seen this multiple times and I've seen it done way better. Like this is where, sure, the girlfriend who looks like Jerry, you can find a funny way to make this happen. Maybe there's some mistaken identity stuff that they do or some other shit. But this going back to the gay comedy well, it's dried up for me. Yeah. You know, it really wasn't. And before when they when they used it like the best, they did it really well where they weren't like on the nose. They kind of danced around a lot of the, you know, the verbiage and they did it so well without offending anyone here. It's just kind of like, all right, you're just really going for it. And it's just like, it, it, guys, you're above this, in my opinion. And, you know, since we're talking about it now and sort of not at the end, I'll say that, like, I like the part of it where it's like him like loving Jerry. I don't need there to be any kind of sexual undertones or, or have yeah. it be like, like possibly gay, you know? And, and cause like you say, like, because of everything else, everything you just said, I would rather it be, you could do the same storyline, but hone in on just more of something else, more of like, don't, don't make it gay, make it like, I want to be with Jerry forever type of thing, but uh-huh. just don't make it like, not make it sexual because like, you've already done that. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like they, they start different 
with him like wanting to like maybe just like have a relationship with Jerry, but then it just becomes back to what they've already done. So I'm I am with yeah. you, and it's just yeah, it's just not nothing beats the very first one. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's still the best version that they've done. It is, and they they try to like have a new thing here because they have Kramer to come over to try and make it less awkward, and he just kind of hones in up even more. He really just kind of digs into it. Um, you know, he also. Uh, but because like all that kind of stuff, which he will do. And then he mentions um, that he's going to take a vow of silence because of his big mouth. And, and he I demonstrates got, some nonverbal communication. Tell us all about this. And I got the whole I got again. I got a whole two good quotes in, in this in this episode. It goes, uh, I'm never going to talk again. What do I need to talk for? Huh? <laughs> what to blab to the neighbors about how George has a new femme Jerry friend <laughs> or to tell everybody at the coffee shop about how George is all mixed up in a perverse sexual amalgam of, <laughs> of some girl and his best friend. I've done all of that. <laughs> Yeah. Now it's time it's for good. silence. Perfect. <laughs> it's good writing. I like I I like the way you know the wordplay that they got or the yeah. word smithing that they're doing here. Um, but overall, yeah, like the the overall bit not so good. But like you know the how? the minuscule aspects of it are you know the micro aspects are pretty good. Yeah, like how it plays out around them is what I enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean, he he talks about um, yeah, like the what the uh, the the George's. Man love for the she Jerry. <laughs> yeah, and just like, man love for the she Jerry. There is yeah. some great lines in this episode, truly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, Elaine goes to the New Yorker in the guise of Peterman catalog to hire a cartoonist and whatnot. But ultimately, she's really just trying to figure out what the fuck this cartoon means. And do you recognize who she's talking to? Um, I have seen him before. And for some reason, I chose not to look him up. And I'm upset that I didn't. It's uh well, do you want do you want to discover it for yourself or do you want me to call it out? So it's Paul Benedict. And ah yes, what I absolutely remember him most from are two movies. This is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. And then The Addams Family, actually, is the thing I really remember him from. Yep, yep. And a lot of people probably older than both of us know him from The Jeffersons. Oh, okay. That would make sense. I didn't watch The Jeffersons at all. He's been on 68 episodes of Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. well. So as yeah. the mad painter. Um, yeah, oh shit. Yeah, like 
173 of the Jeffersons. Yeah, yeah he was one of he was one of the main like sort of side casts on, yeah. on You know what? He was funnily enough a proto Kramer uh, on the Jeffersons. He was huh. the guy that would come over to the Jeffersons' house and be kind of awkward and weird, but he was like their friend too, but he was also kind of oddballish, you know, or whatever. So, very Kramer-esque but in the, nice. you know, late 70s. Okay, very cool. Thank you for uh yeah, so we're getting a little little knowledge on Paul Benedict. Yeah. All right. So- so, um, yeah, she she's trying to pull out from him what this stuff means, you know, but he just keeps being general about it. You know, it's a, it's a slice of life. No, it's a pun. No, it's a Volstein. It's not even a word. <laughs> but he doesn't know fucking know what it is. Why did he print it? He likes the kitty. <laughs> I love it. So. I, lo- I do enjoy that aspect of it. You know, it's like. You look to things to be highbrow, and sometimes it all just boils down to, I like the kitty. And the New Yorker is absolutely pretentious yeah. to the max highbrow, so that's why it's particularly funny that they're doing that. It's like, if you look up pretentious in the dictionary, there's a like, there should be a picture of somebody reading the New Yorker. Like, that is quintessential yep. that. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Sally is doing a one-woman show, and Jerry and Kramer are in the audience to check it out. And she starts it, and it's all about ripping on Jerry. Ha, 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 about he's the devil. He's the devil. I should, Oh, if you're picturing him, you should have uh, the horns and a tail. And it's not funny. Like, it's just bad comedy. It is. Although I will say, you know what I found interesting over mm. this whole course of, of her stand-up stuff? All it is is what, if this was 2022, all it is is what she would put on TikTok. Like, it's just uh, TikTok bits. It's just, like, yeah. talking about shit. But since there was no TikTok back then, yeah. you know, or inter- you know, Instagram Reels or something, mm-hmm. then, you know, she gets Vine. a stage. She goes up on a stage, yeah. you know? And I was like, wow, awesome. okay, okay. But, well, yeah, I mean, it's garbage. It's just her, be- like, her opinions on Jerry Seinfeld. Exactly. Which, if you don't know Jerry, it's really not funny. Kramer loves it, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and I, so. I wouldn't I, – I almost – I don't have any sort of, like, corroboration on this, but I almost wouldn't be surprised – this is some kind of meta thing because at this yeah. point, season nine, Seinfeld's the biggest comedy on TV. It's massive. Yeah. It's huge. Everybody watches it, you know, and even the studios wanted to come back next year and everything, mm-hmm. you know, like it was still like on its peak at this point. So I almost wonder if this was some sort of meta, you know, kind of talking to the people who don't like Seinfeld or haven't liked mm-hmm. Seinfeld or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they unfortunately so. on the DVD didn't have a uh, uh, behind the scenes on this one. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, Jerry and Elaine get to talking and she's going to do some cartoons for the New Yorker. Apparently she went to lunch with that guy and you know, whatnot. And so, yeah, she's really excited about that. She mentioned that they gossiped about James Thurber, who I, <laughs> I had say, to look up. Same as you. And to tell us who he is. Some fucking cartoonist and humorist <laughs> who's known for the New Yorker. Yep, I that's was, it. I was just as disappointed as you were when I looked him up. I ninety nine percent of the population <laughs> yeah. is not gonna fucking know James Thurber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, so. hold on. Fun again. Another thing. I wonder if this is some sort of counterpoint to Frasier, whereas they had a mandate on Frasier to make at least one joke uh, an episode where uh, only like one percent of the population would sort of understand huh. it. And I wonder if this is sort of them punching back at Frasier, being like, "You think you're so highbrow? You're just pretentious." You know. I almost yeah. wonder uh, if that's hmm. some way, shape, or form a part of this. Hmm. I, I don't know. 
Possibly. Yeah. I mean, Frasier is good in its own right. Yeah, I yeah. enjoy that show as well. I personally so. have no beef with Frasier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I bet it was. I bet Seinfeld had all the beef, man. This is this was like a big fucking rivalry, I bet. <laughs> I, I bet you I bet you it was. <laughs> man, we got to get this. We got to, you know what? We need to do like another celebrity boxing match because those were a thing. Yeah. Remember those? Mm-hmm, Dustin yeah. Diamond did one. We got to have Seinfeld and uh, Kelsey Grammer doing a celebrity boxing match. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> kind of feel like Kelsey Grammer would beat his ass. Uh, he's got the height, absolutely. Yeah. And, he's got, and, that, and he's got the surliness, too. Oh, yeah, he is definitely an angrier person. <laughs> so, Jerry right. just likes to drive his cars. That's all he wants. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, doesn't matter. He's even Steven. Yeah. So. All right. So, uh, Elaine, yeah, she's going to submit some of her own cartoons. Uh, Jerry mentions that she can't draw, and he rattles off of her all of her bad drawings. <laughs> And th- which in return, she then mentions, oh, it's better than your drawings of naked Lois Lane. <laughs> How did you find those? <laughs> those were private. I love them. Which, I mean, it's great. It's a great little extra tie-in to uh, Superman, which we have a couple of that in these couple episodes yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah. Naked Lois Lane. We've all we've all seen, what is it, Rule 34? Rule 34, yeah. If it exists. on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's Internet Rule 34. If it exists, there is porn of it, yes. <laughs> I've seen some weird shit on the internet. I imagine you have, too. Of course. Of course. I've yeah. pretty much seen every cartoon character in some sexual uh, shape or form. Yeah, exactly. You know what? You get to an age, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, yeah, you go incognito mode, and you type in that character's name, and hentai, or whatever. Hentai. hentai. <laughs> Love me some hentai. <laughs> Lois Lane hentai. Boom. Done. You can figure it out. So. Go enjoy that Google, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Incognito mode, people. All right. <laughs> there you go. That is one of the best inventions <laughs> of, you know, the last like 40 years. Of course. So. Clutch. All right. At Monk's, Sally meets with Jerry and he's trying to get her to change his act or her act because, of course, you know, he's, you know, not loving being made fun of. Um, he ends up cleaning some schmutz on her shoulder and whatnot. Newman, though, I do appreciate. Not top tier Newman, but it's still fine to see him. I enjoy seeing him. He loves her act. Of course of he course. does. He's seen it like six times. So I mean, you make- can't have a, an episode about somebody hating on Jerry and not have Newman somehow yeah. come in on their side, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's nice. It's nice to have him on there. And so I appreciate that. Um, and there is a good line he gives, which is, oh, I love your act. It's so good to see a show that's about something. Yeah, yeah that's very and the, meta. The crowd, the crowd went fucking nuts on that one because, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a meta show. And by this point, you know, obviously Seinfeld knew knew that they were ending. And so, like, yeah, they're you're probably right. They're just throwing in these meta jokes. They're going in for stuff that you know they're they're willing to try some shit. Yeah, why so, not? Why not? Yeah. They got nothing to lose at this point. Definitely not. So, all right, uh, Kramer gets into a cab. Ha ha ha! But his vow of silence. Cause an issue, and so he's got to leave. Quick scene, but okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. George is out with uh, Janet, and he's got his own inner monologue. You know, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time we've had some inner monologue, but you know what? Yeah, yeah it's around. And he, he keeps talking about like, oh, you know, oh, she doesn't look like that much like Jerry, and all this kind of stuff. It's just getting in his head. And uh, she then mentions, you know, I do kind of look like a friend, Jerry, and just you can tell he's bothered by this stuff. So. So Sally Weaver now has a uh, TV special or a, t- a TV bit. She's on like, you know, Carson or some shit like that. And she is doing a jokes about her latest meeting with Jerry digging into him that he assaulted her by, you know, you know, smacking her in the shoulder, which we know is just smuts. She's just fucking lying. Um, it's it's further not funny. It's even less funny than it was before. Yeah. Uh, 
Elaine comes in with her cartoon, and it's a pig at a complaint department. I wish I was taller. Huh. <laughs> Elaine comes in completely disheveled because she's been up uh, yes. all night long. <laughs> I love how Jerry's like, you couldn't put do something with your hair, and she says yeah. something. He's like, oh my god, you couldn't have brushed your teeth. It was. Mm. I think it's funny seeing Elaine, Elaine that just disheveled is the best yeah, way to well, put it. And the, and part of the joke being that she is so fixated on creating this joke that doesn't make any sense <laughs> because the joke is a pig at a complaint department and it says, I wish I was taller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to go in the New Yorker, buddy. Um, you know, Jerry's comment was better. You know, it's complaint department of, oh, man, I can't find anything at my place. It's a sty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't something find my, like my, my receipt because it's a, st- yes. a, a pig sty or something. That was exactly. funny. And then I like yeah. how Kramer just <laughs> Kramer. writes down on, on his suggestion. And the pig says, my wife is a slut. <laughs> and now yeah. that's a complaint. Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, it is very similar to when he uh, tells George to get back at that guy for the insult, he should say he had sex with his wife. It is, it is the same type of humor. <laughs> same humor. Yep. Uh, Jerry then calls Sally Weaver. He's like, you know what? He just wants to end things. And you know what? He leaves a message on her phone uh, because, you know, he just he's so upset about stuff. Cut to her with a little tape recorder playing it. And ha ha ha. She tied a devil horn and tail. And then she ends. He's like, and then he's gonna push it further. She gets a restraining order, and she got a cable special talking about this. And Jerry's like, I never got a cable special. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, I am sure this is some kind of meta joke with stuff, or I don't know, or maybe they're just really pushing. Look, it's not that funny, but look how funny people think it is. But it's just like it's just not that funny. Yeah. Like whatever you're doing is not that funny. So yeah, and don't you like when you rather just. I mean, if we're going to live with these specials or whatever with with her for probably a total of, you know, seven minutes, maybe five minutes of the whole runtime, make it funny. Make it funny in the fact that, like, it is wrong for Jerry to be so upset at her because she's actually doing good. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's that's an even funnier bit, you know? I would like that better if they were actually funny. Then I would kind of, like, be on her side um, a tiny bit. And I think that, yeah, that would work. Or, like, all the shit before sucked. But then she does this, and it's good. You know, I mean, like, but this isn't good. That's the problem. Everything she's mm-hmm. saying is just, again, it's just like a, it's just a TikTok war that she ha- is having with somebody else, you know, and that's yeah. all it is. Yep. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. We wrestled the demon Pazuzu in The Exorcist. Your mother is in here, Karis. Would you like to leave a message? I'll see that she gets it. We hooked the fisherman killer, Ben Willis, and I know what you did last summer. Oh, you got a letter? I got run over, Helen gets her hair chopped off, Julie gets a body in her trunk, and you get a letter. That's balanced. We survived a summer away with the angel of death, Angela Baker, in sleepaway camp. Look what I did. I packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride up to camp. Wasn't that nice of me, hmm? But we ain't seen nothing yet. Join Alex and Dean of the Return Revenge Resurrection Podcast as we go toe-to-toe with the ever-resourceful Michael Myers. I shot him six times! 
be there as we discuss the Halloween franchise in its entirety, from John Carpenter's beloved 1978 classic to David Gordon Green's epic forthcoming finale. I shot him in the heart. We cover it all. The good, the bad, and the bloody. Return, Revenge, Resurrection. A podcast that slashes its way through horror movie franchises. You don't know what death is. New episodes every Thursday. Available wherever podcasts are found. I told everyone! Alright, so Elaine posts her cartoon at work and people are checking it out. Peter Peterman comes by and checks it out and he finds it hilarious. <laughs> I'd like to see that complaint get rectified. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks away and then he rushes back because he realizes it was a Ziggy. It's a Ziggy. And I, I remember Ziggy's and uh, I used oh, yeah. to read the Washington Post comics and everything. And I remember Ziggy. Yeah, Ziggy's like a short, uh, stout little, you know, kind of little guy. Little guy. Um, and he kind of kept running into different bad situations or misfortunes or ha 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 kind of ridiculous stuff. I did look up trying to find if this was an actual Ziggy or not. Okay. Okay. I couldn't find it because everything pretty much that I was searching for with, I wish I was taller Ziggy. I wish I was taller Ziggy Seinfeld, Ziggy, whatever, all just kind of came back to this cartoon from the show or people like doing their own version of it and posting it online and stuff like that. Um, Now I did find one that was my favorite, which was um, there was a complaint department and then it was the Ziggy character holding up a broken toaster and him saying, I wish I was taller. And that one I thought was actually quite funny because obviously you think he should be talking about his broken toaster, broken toaster, but he's talking about wants to get taller. But then I saw that the, it, it credited the um, the artist of it as Elaine Bennis. Uh, and I was like, oh, so someone someone like took the concept and then made it better and then all this kind yeah. of stuff. So I was like, <laughs> I, I thought for a second, I was like, oh, maybe that's the one that they ripped off on, but it wasn't. So I don't know if there actually was a Ziggy on this or not, um, but sure, whatever. Yeah, or maybe it's just this type of humor was like a Ziggy, so they kind of brought that in. Sure. And yeah, and it also falls back to the whole, like all those old references, because Ziggy was kind of like one of those older comics, you know, yeah. and it all goes back to like the Bazooka Joe references that they do and stuff. Yeah, I love that shit, man. Yep. All right, at dinner, George is out with Janet, and the thought of her looking like Jerry just continues to freak him out. And he, uh, you know, wants to center this relationship on something else. And for some reason, they end up on gum. Uh, and, you know, he's losing it right now. Yeah, and maybe she has some in her hair. She didn't seem like a moron when we first met her, but... She gets worse and worse as this goes along, and it's like, George, just not. Yeah. don't be with her because she looks like Jerry. Don't be with her because she has no personality, and you guys have nothing in common. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with that. So, All right, at Monk's, uh, Kramer's there, and Sally Weaver comes over, and, you know, she just kind of ends up talking too much, which ends up blowing up Kramer where he has to say something, and he uh, is then going to just unleash. And he hasn't talked in days, and so he's going to spill the beans. We know this. All right. Uh, Janet does have gum in her hair, apparently, and she's got to cut the hair to get out the gum. And her haircut looks a lot like Jerry. And so this one, I think this is where the joke works the best. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, But George is, you know, freaked out so much he has to run out. But this is the climax of the joke. This is the payoff. And to me, I'm like, 
And she still just looks like that girl that looks 60% like Jerry, but now with a Jerry wig. Like, she would never uh-huh. even have that hairstyle if she cut her hair. You know what I mean? Like, you're, there's so many forced things well, to try to make yeah, this, like, sort of work. Because the joke beyond this is the gay joke part right. of it, where, where they, it's leading yeah. to that, and we don't find that funny. And so I'm hoping that, you know, the Janet looking like him would pay off better, and it doesn't. It just continues into George furthering, oh, I can't handle this because, you know, him, his real, you know, him trying to avoid the realization if he is or isn't gay or whatever, um, it, yeah, it, it doesn't get payoff either. You're right. Yeah. That none of it gets payoff now. So, all right. Uh, Elaine talks to Jerry about ripping off Ziggy. Um, and she has, uh, a magazine or has a newspaper or whatever and opens it up. And this time Ziggy has a, its own cartoon that says, uh, at the complaint department saying the New Yorker is stealing my ideas. <laughs> now that's <laughs> funny. Cause it's real. <laughs> it is. It is. And Sally Weaver has a new special and she's got new material because of Kramer talking about all this stuff that, uh, you know, she wouldn't know about. And Jerry confronts Kramer. I thought you stopped talking. Uh, and he goes, all right, starting now. Ha ha. Which is, yeah, which is something that, sort of a bit that they did earlier yes. to some some fanfare. When he kicks himself in the shin, that was funny, and he says, ow, you know. Yes. Yeah, so. And then yeah. we, we, did, we didn't get a tag at Monks. Oh, yeah. Uh, where George talks about breaking up with Janet because of her hair and look. And they kind of have, again, more of this gay awkward tension. And then there's like, I'm going to take a few days off. And then, haha, they split because yeah. gay tension. Yeah. Because gay tension between two heterosexual friends. Which, by this point, they're obviously heterosexual because we've seen this joke too many damn times for it to stick now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Uh, Why don't you you take the reins on this one, Sure. All right. So I had some trouble on how I was going to rate this one because it's not like I didn't dislike the episode. Right. You know, watching it, I thought it was pretty decent. But when I break down each storyline, not just a couple of the storylines, each storyline, I think there are holes in every single one of them. Elaine's is probably my favorite, honestly. Um, And it's even not great. But, you know, the whole New Yorker joke, and it's pretentious, and then they're going to make this not pretentious, or like this dumb joke that doesn't make any sense, and then she makes another dumb joke that doesn't make sense but ends up plagiarizing. I just didn't get enough from it. Honestly, and then the Sally Weaver storyline I liked even less because her comedy wasn't funny. And so, and I don't think that comedy would be funny to anybody. I think you're absolutely dead on where it should have been awesome material and to where Jerry couldn't handle it and he was getting upset. But the thing is, it was good and it was funny and we all like couldn't help but laugh at it. But it was so not funny that I, I found it unbelievable that she would have gotten a goddamn special based on that. It almost has shades of that one time Jerry dates a girl that we all think is Ben Stiller's wife in real life. Remember he oh, dates yeah. her and everyone's like, no, yeah. no, and she's she's not right for you. She's terrible, whatever. None of us could see it. Whereas here, Jerry's like, we could see that it was terrible, but then everyone else was enjoying yeah. it. You're right. Where That, that storyline for us, I believe, fully broke down when Jer- when George and Kramer yeah. like realized something. Yeah. When her friends had something that to me they're like there's something like hidden. There's something that they know about that they don't. But when George and Kramer 
immediately said, oh, we have to talk, and they had some kind of disgust about her, then I was lost because it didn't make any sense anymore. And here, it doesn't make any sense why everyone likes what she's saying yeah. because it's not yeah. funny. And I would, you know, I think we'd probably say by design, like, I mean, all of this is by design. This is a script. They've written yes. this out. But yet, everyone in the show thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So, again, yeah, you're right. Kind of an inverse of that didn't make sense to me. And I know Sally Weaver is one of the most hated characters. Here's the thing. I didn't hate her. I hated the storyline. Yeah. I hated, like, how that all played out. Um, Janet looking, I already mentioned Janet looking like Jerry, I think is funny. I like that aspect. I just think they should have taken it a slightly different angle. Don't go back to the gay angle. Um, they've already done that, and they've done it better. Why keep going back to George is uncomfortable, you know, about homosexuality? We have seen it too many fucking times. It's overplayed. You know, don't go back to the gay well. You could have done mis, mis uh, you know, misidentity or something. Maybe George confuses his girlfriend for Jerry or Jerry for his girlfriend and comes up behind him and, and, and like, you know, does something. Him the or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Something like that I think would have been a little bit different. Um, and it could have had some other awkward situations that were better. So ultimately, I think because it was in a weird situation, I do, I do have to make it a lesser than average episode. So I'm going to give it two out of five man crushes on she Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I'm very similar to you. I will say I think I liked it a little bit more, and it mm. goes back to what you and I were talking about um, with Weekend at Bernie's. Um, <laughs> I was just mm. listening to the Blast from Our Past review of Weekend at Bernie's, and yeah, it's one of those movies where if you break it down, it doesn't things don't work, and it's like this is kind of stupid. But when you watch it, some things yeah. really do work, and it's kind of fun. This episode. I had fun with it, and I remember always having fun with it, even if I didn't understand certain things, or even if I didn't think, like, certain storylines were all that strong, like we said with uh, Jerry, or George's girlfriend, and everything. It's it's weird, because I'm trying to be honest with the episode, but also honest with myself. Because the Sally Weaver stuff, it's bad by design. So do we fault yeah. it for that? Because that's how it was written. I, I don't know. I don't particularly care for that character. I don't particularly care for, for Kathy Griffith. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just like, I don't know where to land on that because I think the show is doing what it's, I think the show, this episode is doing what it's trying to do. Right. And I think it's doing it competently. Mm -hmm. It's, it, but I just kind of don't, I'm not on board with what it's trying to do, I think. Yeah. Um, Kramer stuff, sure. I don't have a problem with it. It's zany Kramer, fine. Elaine storyline, strongest one in the, in the bunch, uh, especially uh -huh. from somebody who has, you know, has a creative side. I know what it's like to have an idea, but oh, that's great. And then it was something that was kind of came, just sort of seeped in, not unlike, you know, Putty's Ziggy sheets, you know, that sort of maybe, because she mentions, like, how does Ziggy sort of get in her head? Putty has mm. Ziggy sheets, she said, at, at home. So... I did enjoy it. It's not great. It's definitely, you know, uh, I mean, we're at episode 13, so it's definitely mid-season slump down to 2.5 okay. putty Ziggy Sheets out of 5. <laughs> I was going to go with Tim okay. Jerry's, but yours was too close. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to continue getting uh, some more pe uh, putty discussion, but without putty. Yeah, um, and yeah. Some other guys. It's... it's... Putty's presence is felt. <laughs> yeah, even kind of strange. Not, yeah. 
So, everybody out there, if you enjoyed yourself and you are on our free feed, please consider checking out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash cartwright, and you will get double the cartwright. We're going to be talking every single episode. We go back and forth, so only half of them on our free feed. The other half are on our Patreon. Uh, so if you guys need some more of the breakdowns and need some more Seinfeld, um, then just check it out. Yeah. And check it out the Patreon. Consider it. Oh, for how much? It's not that much money, is it, Corey? Hey, it's just $1. I think it's just $1. It's just but $1. But if you want to bump it up a few more bucks, we are covering Curb Your Enthusiasm over on our Patreon page. Right now we're about halfway through season four recording. Um, but by the time you listen to this, we're probably only a few episodes into season four. Um, and uh, Adam and I do know that once uh, Cartwright is over, we are going to go just fully into Curb. Uh, so we will be keeping the Larry David inspired you know, train moving mm-hmm. forward. So hope you all get a chance to check those out. And Curb's a lot of fun. If you guys haven't watched that yet, highly recommend it. And for me, it's a first time watch if you haven't listened to the episodes. And I am getting a lot of connected tissue and i feel like a lot of times i'm getting a more uh, a full a more fuller uh seinfeld experience knowing some of larry david's idiosyncrasies and everything like that <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun both of them go hand in hand so we hope you guys check those out check out our show and check out uh cartwright and curb and of course check out everything on the bfop network also lovingly referred to as the Perfect. And we'll see you guys next week uh, on the the Patreon feed with an episode that I had zero recollection of whatsoever. (laughs) The Strong Box. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.